0: We are talking, yes, football, as we normally do this time of the year. I got some things to say about the Browns and the rest of the AFC. However, we're going to start today's podcast talking baseball. Yes, the silent majority of you out there, and I think it's bigger than we think, that love baseball and are fascinated by this time of the year. As the managerial hirings are happening, the Guardians have a new manager, There was some shocking news with uh, Craig Council leaving Milwaukee for the Cubs. And what happened with the Mets there? We'll talk managerial moves. And free agency is now officially underway. Unlike basketball and football, things don't happen right away. But will the Guardians and other teams be involved? Well, we know other teams will be involved. Will the Guardians be involved for Stephen Vogt getting his team better? We'll talk about all of that, plus where I rank every team in the AFC as of right now. That's all coming up. On this edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. So, yesterday was a big day in terms of managers in Major League Baseball. Uh, we had breaking news during the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on Monday that the Guardians had hired themselves a new manager. And no, it was not Craig Council, who was my top choice for the Guardians when the offseason began. Council did meet with the Guardians, and we'll get to the council side of things in a minute. Uh, it wasn't even a candidate I had considered when I did a breakdown uh, about a month ago, maybe even a little longer than that, about who should be the next Guardians manager. The guy that ended up being the manager, Stephen Vogt, wasn't on my list. Now, Stephen Vogt was not on my was not not on my list because I don't think he's a good candidate. It's just a name I hadn't heard mentioned yet. So I went with some candidates and some coaches that had either been around on coaching staffs for a while, had been a manager previously, or was a former member of the Guardians. I, I did suggest some guys in the Steven Vote group that have more recently been players, but I didn't think of Steven Vote, But I definitely should have, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But first, I want to let you know, to get extra value this football season, with bet river squares went up to ten thousand dollars in bonus money we all could use some extra cash ten thousand bucks sounds nice to me uh bet ten dollars in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square so how did the guardians end up hiring steven Vogt as their next manager well after doing plenty of research not only with people that I know, but just hearing some people on MLB radio, on other podcast avenues. As I listened through the gamut and then texted a couple of people I know um for some feedback on Steven Vote, every answer that came back to me, whether personally or to everybody, was extremely positive. One example, um, is Steve Phillips, the former GM of the New York Mets, who I heard this morning say, talk about, "Hey, when he was a, a GM, he had learned when you, whenever you have a player around and you think he might be a potential coach and GM, you you write him on a list, right?" And Stephen Vogt was a guy that you wrote on a list. And Stephen Vogt, I heard Mark Canna, who was with the Mets, of course, was with the Brewers last year. Uh, just recently got traded to Detroit. He was interviewed yesterday. he played with Stephen Vogt in Oakland, and he said, "Great guy, Not surprised he wanted to be a manager, um, was always a leader, great teammate, and most importantly, a great person." And as you hear people say this, I heard this time and time again. let me let me give you a quote from Mike Ferren. Mike Farron is one of the most, for those who don't know he does a show on MLB Radio, one of the most knowledgeable baseball guys I've ever met in my life, great guy. And I I had texted him about Stephen Vogt, actually a month ago um, when I when I heard that not even well, not a month ago because Stephen Vogt wasn't mentioned a month ago, but uh, about two weeks ago. I I was curious because I know Mike interacts with a lot of players and former players, so I said I asked Mike what his opinion was on Stephen Vogt, and he said, I'm a huge fan. Huge in all caps. Incomparably good human. Bright. Data savvy with an old school edge. There'll be some bumps in the road learning on the job, but you'd be hard-pressed to find a better human being to get that job. And indeed he did. Uh, Stephen Vogt just celebrated his 39th birthday this week. He is very young. It's, a, it's very much a departure in terms of age and experience from what the Guardians had. The Guardians, believe it or not, had the highest paid manager in baseball in Terry Francona. And now my guess is they're going to one of the lower paid managers in Steven Vogt. They had one of the oldest managers in Terry Francona, now going to one of the youngest managers in Steven Vogt. But what Terry Francona did well, I believe Steven Vogt will do well also. And that's relate and connect with players. Terry Francona obviously was a player, an older player, big age gap between him and the current players, but a player nonetheless, and a player's manager. Steven Vogt uh, just retired. In in fact, he just retired at the end of the 2022 season. Last year, he was a bullpen coach and the quality control coach for the Seattle Mariners. And what's interesting about that is, as a bullpen coach, as a quality control coach, you have to you're dealing with the analytics. Analytics is a word that some people are scared of. I've talked about this before. It freaks people out. You say stats, nobody gets freaked out. You say analytics, you're a nerd. You what? Don't bring that nerdy stuff into my sport. They're just better stats. We got to stop using the word analytics. People will be less scared of it. They're just more accurate statistics it's that simple and because Stephen Vogt has played in the analytics era and coached last year for one year in the analytics era uh it's an advantage and i love the fact that they've hired this guy that that everybody seems to love that anybody that played with him or managed him or coached him uh has said yeah this guy was was Born to be a manager. He's going to connect with the players. He was a catcher, and we know that catchers generally make good managers. He wasn't a superstar player, but he did make a couple of all-star teams with Oakland in 2015 and 2016. Those were his two best years. Um, But, you know, good defensive catcher. He didn't make his major league debut till the age of 27 in 2012, Usually you make your major league debut at 27. You're not in the league very long, but he was. He played for 11, parts of 11 seasons in the big league, Well, 10, because he actually missed the entire 2018 season. So he played 10 seasons. He spent the most time with the Oakland Athletics, six years in Oakland, two in Arizona, and then parts parts or a full year between Tampa, the Giants, Atlanta, and Milwaukee. So he's been around the league. He knows a lot of players. Um, I think the tricky thing sometimes when you're, you just retired and now you're a manager is if you're with the same team, that, that can be a weird transition. That's what happened with the Cubs and David Ross. We'll get to that in a minute, but you know, when he first became manager, well, a lot of the guys there were, were guys he was, he was teammates with that won't be the case with Steven vote or there may, there may turn out to be a couple of guys he was teammates with along the line, but, uh. You know, he didn't play with these guys in Cleveland, was my point. He wasn't on this team with these guys. And this Guardians team is a very young team. It's a very young team. Um, and so they're a team that two years ago made the playoffs. Last year, it was a really bad season for the Guardians, one of the, the worst year Terry Francona's decade in Cleveland. And they they've got... Some building blocks. Obviously, the Guardians have a very good pitching staff. Uh, will will the team spend any money? Will ownership spend any money to improve the lineup? I would hope so. They need three new additions in the lineup, at least two new guys from out of the organization uh, via trade or free agency. I think they need to get a left fielder and a right fielder, maybe even a middle infielder. or they got, a, you know, probably going to give Arias or Rocchio or whoever an opportunity in the middle infield. But uh, I think Steven vote comes to the Guardians at a good time. I do think, despite my recent complaints about the, the franchise, I think generally it's a good-run franchise. The owner stays out of the way. They're patient. They're not going to fire guys right away. Uh, you have a great front office here. Uh, great front office has taken a little hit in the last year. They need to bounce back. They haven't done their best work of, of late. But overall, it's a very good front office that's had a lot more wins over their time here than losses by a lot so i like a young manager i think the guardians needed to go with a fresh voice a young voice uh someone that wasn't here to shake things up now i i would like to see i would be curious to see who the guardians end up keeping on their current coaching staff if anybody um you know Demarlo hale if he's interested probably would be you know, a a nice veteran bench coach to have for a young manager. But, you know, you bring a new manager you want. I think even if it's a young guy, you want to give him a chance to bring in some of his own guys. So hopefully Steven Vogt will at least have some say on who's in the coaching staff. When you hire a manager, you never know if it's going to work. Even if it's a guy who's proven, right? Um, You never know for sure. Yeah, there's the handful of managers, the Bruce Bochies of the world, who went to Texas and won them a World Series. Terry Francona, Dusty Baker, Joe Madden. These are guys, and and you know Madden's probably trying to get back in the game too. Um, but uh, it, there's a handful of managers that yeah, you feel confident when you hire them. I think Craig Council one of those guys. We'll see. But, um. When you hire a manager that's never had a job before or has limited experience, uh, you never know how it's going to turn out. The Mets, who everybody thought was going to get Greg counsel, end up with a guy in Carlos Mendoza. I think it's funny that all these Mets fans I know, they were now they're all ripping counsel. Don't be jealous because he'd rather be a Cubs manager than a Mets manager. It's that simple. We can talk about the money all you want. The Cubs paid great counsel a ton of money. But he went to the Cubs over the Mets. It wasn't just about the money. There was more to it than that. And Mets fans are bitter. They've added Carlos Mendoza. And a lot of fans are like, oh, this guy, he's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Well, you don't know that. You have no, Just like with the Guardians, I don't know that Stephen Vogt's going to be a great manager. He seems like a good choice. But until, if a guy's never been a manager, how would you possibly know? Stephen Vogt or Carlos Mendoza could both be the next great manager or the next terrible manager or most likely somewhere in the middle, which is where most managers and coaches in all sports are. And it depends on your talent. So good luck to the Mets with Carlos Mendoza. Uh, Monzo was telling me before the show that he's a quiet guy. He doesn't like to talk much. That should work out perfectly fine in New York. That's a great situation for that. In all seriousness, no, he he may he may do a good good job. Uh, but at, the final point on Steven Vogt is... I he seems like the right type of first year manager. Now it's got to pay out. But I, I, let me let me throw this little tidbit. If the, you want to throw an interesting, because I think the bench coach is important as an advisor for a young manager. I'm going to throw a crazy one at you. I think this is probably unlikely at this point in his career. But if for some reason Joe Matt Joe Madden, if Joe Madden wants to get back in the game and. Nobody wants to hire him as a manager. Unlikely. I think if he wants to get back in one of these teams, the Astros, need a manager, the angels, the brewers, the Padres, not the, he's not gonna go to the angels. Cause he already went there and it didn't go great, but let's say none of those teams are interested. And, um, and, and Joe Madden wants to get back in. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for Joe Madden to end up as the bench coach in Cleveland. should be quite ironic since he was the opposing manager when the Cubs beat the, the Guardians at the time, the Indians, in the World Series. Uh, Steven Vogt originally came to the majors uh, after he was, he was drafted by Tampa in 2007. And I mentioned he made his major league debut in 2012 for the Rays. The manager for the 2012 Rays, Joe Madden. Now he wasn't in the big leagues with Joe Madden very long, only 18 games, by the way, in his in his first season in the majors. Stephen Vogt with the Rays in 2012 was 0 for 25 with two walks. There you go, uh, up up in the big leagues for 18 games, didn't get one hit. Uh, and then he went to Oakland after that. So he wasn't with Joe Madden very long, but he was with him, you know, and he was in the organization for a while. So, just just something that, again, I think it's unlikely, but if Joe wants to get back in the game and none of those other teams want to hire him, I don't know that he would be a bench coach anymore, but he'd probably be an interesting choice. Something to keep an eye on there. As for the Craig Council situation, before I uh, switch gears to football, uh, just a shocking, when I saw that news, I was stunned. I was not expecting David Ross to get fired. I don't think he would have been fired had... Council said no, or had Council not become available? Uh, As I've said to many people, and many people have said to me, yes, I think the Cubs did David Ross dirty, but it's a business. Craig Council's a better manager. Uh, The Brewers had gone to the playoffs, I believe, four times in, in their first 45 years of existence. And with Craig Council, they went to the playoffs, I think, five out of eight years, including five of the last six. And I think they had a losing record twice in eight years. His first year and the COVID year, I think, were the only years he had a losing record. He's an excellent manager. He hasn't had a lot of great success in the playoffs, so you can pick where you want. But uh, he's a very good manager Gets the best out of his players and had a, a franchise that had done nothing forever consistently in the mix. What can you, with, with half the payroll, well, maybe not half the payroll that the Cubs will have, but uh, at best, two-thirds the payroll, at best. That would signal to me. The fact that the Cubs made that big move, it's very reminiscent of when they uh, fired Ricky Renteria after one year and hired Joe Maddon. Renteria really didn't do anything to deserved to get fired, but it was a smart move, and I think it's the same thing here. If I'm David Roston I'm pretty bitter at the moment. I, I, this has been my organization to end my career. I, I helped end the playoff drought, and to get done like this is pretty cringeworthy. All right, I'm going to wrap it up with some football. Um, do the picks later in the week. The Browns, uh, as of now, looking at the Bet River Sportsbook, are a six-point underdog in Baltimore this Sunday. Game is 1 o'clock. Uh, Browns trying to get to 6-3. and three. That will not be easy. They obviously got spanked by the Ravens at home. That was a game DTR played. Deshaun Watson, we would expect him to play this week. Uh, Browns defense did not play well in their first game against the Ravens, but it was a weird game. Hopefully, they bounce back this week. Now. Thinking about the AFC, if the season ended today, we're at the halfway point. Some teams have played nine nine games. Some teams have played eight. As of right now, all four teams in the AFC North would be in the playoffs. Uh, The Ravens would be division champs. They'd be the two seed. And then the other three teams, Steelers, uh, Browns, and Bengals, would be the five, six, and seven seeds, all at five and three. Four of the 12 teams that are two games or more over 500, are from the AFC North. And this one final stat, I may have mentioned this on Sunday, although probably not because the Bengals hadn't played yet Sunday night. But um, so the in the AFC North is – I've got to get the exact numbers. I have it saved here. The AFC North, I believe, is 14 uh, – sorry, even better, 17-6 and six in games outside their division. Seventeen and six. So when the Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers play teams outside of the AFC North, they've won seventeen, lost six, which is a seven forty winning percentage. The next best is the NFC East at fourteen and eleven. That's a five sixty winning percentage. No other division is more than a game over five hundred outside of their division. That's how much better the AFC North is in the rest of the league. So I started thinking about not just the AFC North, but the AFC. And right now, how do I rank the best teams in the AFC? Because there's a lot of good teams. There are 11 teams in the AFC, 500 or better. There are 13 teams within a game of 500. And in my mind, the only terrible team in the AFC is New England. That's the only terrible team. There's a lot of terrible teams in the NFC. Eh, A lot may be strong. Uh, but there's four or five teams in the, in the NFC that are really bad. AFC, not so much. Uh, even the Titans at 3-5 and five, and Broncos three 3-5, I don't think are terrible. They're not very good, but they're not terrible. And I think the Titans are going to be interesting with Will Levis. I like what I've seen from him for two weeks. And obviously, the Raiders showed a lot of, uh, a lot of heart and excitement playing for former uh, New York Giant Antonio Pierce. I love what Antonio Pierce had to say about uh, he had the, all the practice squad players on the bench for the game, saying, hey, they're part of the team. They should be here, too. That, that's going to win you some points there. That's a, good, that's a great job out of Antonio Pierce. All right. The AFC, who are? We have the right now, if the playoffs started today, the Chiefs would be the one seed, then the Ravens, Jags, Dolphins, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. But are they in that order? The Bills would not be a playoff team. The Chargers would not be a playoff team. Who are the best teams in the AFC right now? To me, it's a no-brainer. The best team in the AFC is not the number one seed Kansas City Chiefs. It's the number two seed Baltimore Ravens. Nobody's playing better in football, I don't think, even the Eagles. And certainly, right now, I'm just talking AFC. The Ravens have been the most impressive team. I was not all in believing in the Ravens, but the last three weeks, they've crushed the Lions and crushed the Seahawks. Now, I don't think the Lions or Seahawks are great teams. I think the Lions are very good. I think the Se- Seahawks are... You know, solid team, but uh, they destroyed both of those teams. Destroyed. They were never in the game. That really took Baltimore for a new level. Now, Lamar Jackson's got a lot to prove in the playoffs, but I got to give him credit. He's having his best season since his MVP season. I really like how he's played, and their defense is excellent. Right there with the Browns is the best in in football. So I got the Ravens as the one seed right now, or the best, the number one team, if I was just doing a power rankings of the AFC. So, who's number two? I can make a case for a few teams, but in the end, I'll go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I don't love how they've played, They're, but I think my standard for them is so high that even if it's below where I expected, it's still better than most teams. Their offense has not been on all cylinders all year. Defense is really good, though. So, I got the Chiefs at two. The third best team in the AFC, maybe you call me biased, we'll see. I think right now it's close. And again, I can make an argument for probably three, four teams, but I'm going with Cincinnati. I think the Bengals are the third best team in the AFC right now. Uh, They appear to be, in the last two weeks, they have dominated both San Francisco and Buffalo. Uh, Joe Burrow is completely healthy and playing like the MVP candidate that he is. Their defense is playing at a really high level. Their offensive line is playing its best football since they've had Joe Burrow. I think they're three. Four, I'm going with the Jaguars. They've won five in a row. Uh and and I, I'm a big believer in Trevor Lawrence. Big. I know a lot of people think he's overrated. I am not one of those people. I think they're a good balanced team. Um and you look at their strength of victory, means what's the winning percentage of the teams you've beaten? It's 509. That's really that's a really good strength of victory there. Number five. I'm going – it's, it's again, a tough call. Uh, I'm going with the Dolphins at five. Uh, their strength of victory is the worst of any of the AFC contenders. In fact, the Dolphins' strength of victory might be the worst in all of football. It is. They have – they're six and three, but their wins are against – they beat the Chargers, solid team, 500. Their other wins, Patriots, Broncos, Giants, Panthers, Patriots, all absolutely awful teams. So they've beaten one decent team, five terrible teams. So I have them five, right? I got Ravens one, Chiefs two, Bengals three, Jacks four, Dolphins five. Uh, I've got the Browns at six. Their defense is playing great. Watson looked serviceable last week. If he continues to improve, if Deshaun Watson – To play at a high level, they're going to move up the charts. I do like what I saw, especially in the second half. I talked a lot about that on the Sunday podcast. We'll do more looking ahead to the Browns-Ravens matchup on Thursday. But I got the Browns in the sixth spot. I'll put Buffalo at seven, even though they have not played well lately. Houston, eight. Chargers, nine. Steelers, 10. Jets, 11. Colts, 12. Titans, 13, Raiders, 14, Broncos, 15, Patriots, 16. That's my rankings in the AFC as of right now. Maybe update that every week. All right, that's it for me today. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing as always. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. I'll talk to you next time. Where else? But right here in the bullpen with Adam, the bull brought to you by Bet rivers. See everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam, the bull on the bet. Rivers network.